God has shown me in my life to use the King James Version of the Bible for the work I do in handling scriptures. One way that I know God chose the King James Version is many, many years ago when the Holy Spirit would remind me of scripture. It was King James Version. I was at that time reading the New International Version as well as the NASB. But I would be reminded of the verse of Scripture in King James. So I finally came to the position that the King James is what God wanted me to use. Now you can use other translations if you need to. But I will tell you this, the King James is a very pure version. And oftentimes, we don't have the fleshly understanding of the word that was used long ago in the 1600s by the translators. But that's even to our advantage because God gives us understanding. By taking a dictionary and looking up that word, many times God will remind me of situations in my life which I need to conform to those scriptures. The translators presented a very pure translation of the word of God. When they did add their own words to the translation, they put those words in italic so we would know they had added that word. Here is one example where it really changed the meaning of the statement made by Paul. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. This is 1 Corinthians 7. Yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress, I say, that it is good for a man to be so. Art thou bound to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I would spare you. This I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they have none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoiced not, and they that buy as though they possessed not. Verse 31, And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness, 
He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Now, Paul was not married. He chose not to marry. But he had the right to marry. Peter was married. He had a wife and children. We know that by the things he wrote in the Bible. But he that is married, Paul says in verse 33, careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit, but she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak, says Paul, for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. But if any man think he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do what he will, he sinneth not, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin doeth well. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The translators in verse 38 added a word, the word her, twice in that verse of Scripture. By adding that word, it completely changed that Scripture. But they at least showed us they added it. So look at verse 38 without the word her. And it reads, So he that giveth in marriage doeth well. But he that giveth not in marriage doeth better. I've written, written this text out with this podcast so you can read this section of scripture and especially verse 38 and see how that changed the word. He that giveth in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth not in marriage doeth better. There is a shame and stigma attached to those of us who do not marry. You feel it from other people. 
when they say things like, how many children do you have? They look down on you very often when they say that and cause you to be ashamed because you're not like other people. There are some of us that God ordained for a work in the church. And God knows that we will do that work in a more absolute way if we do not marry. And I believe Paul felt that. He chose not to marry, but he had the right to marry. Now, the Catholic Church prohibits ministers from marrying. That is not according to the Bible. Somebody set that up, a man. And because they set it up, an evil comes forth so often in the Catholic Church, and that is it attracts homosexuals who often are child abusers. We have seen it through decades. The minister has a right to marry if he wants to marry. At one point, Jesus visited the apostle Peter's house. And his wife's mother, it says, was ill. And Jesus healed her. Peter also said that he was one of the elders. And a requirement for being an elder or bishop, it's the same thing, elder bishop's the same thing, a requirement in the book of Titus, you'll see it, is that he be the husband of one wife, he has to be married, and he has children who demonstrate they are under his obedience. For it says, how Will they be a servant of God in the church if they can't control their own household? So we know Peter was an elder. We know Paul did not marry and did not have children. Often when Paul was speaking by permission, he would make it very clear that this was his own thinking, though he thought he had the mind of God on the subject he was speaking and writing. 1 Corinthians 7, Paul told us one of the commandments of the Lord for the church, not just an option based upon your own thinking. Now, verses 10 and 11, Paul states as a commandment of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 and 11, Paul says, And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. So Paul makes it clear, this is not his opinion, this is a commandment of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, 
but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. First, he says, it's a commandment of the Lord. Don't depart from your husband. But if you do depart, make up your mind that you will remain unmarried or will be reconciled to your husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. He was allowed to put her away if he chose to do so for the subject of fornication. That's the only spiritual reason to leave your wife as far as I can tell. This tells the believer if the unbelieving female is pleased to dwell with her husband, let him not put her away. And if the unbelieving male is pleased to dwell with his wife, who is a believer, let her not leave him. The believer is to dwell as a believer. The husband has to show that he's pleased to dwell with her even as she dwells as a believer. We know that many of you married when you were not even born again and that the husband and wife in the marriage, neither one are born again, And sometimes one of them will become a Christian. Now that changes everything. But if the mate is unbelieving mate, is pleased still to dwell with the believer. Let that believer dwell as she sees a believer is supposed to dwell. And if he or her is pleased to dwell with that believer, don't put the maid away. This Paul says, he spoke, not the Lord. This was his opinion. But he believed that he had the mind of the Lord on the subject. And Jesus says in Matthew 5.32, But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, except for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. She's already committing adultery by fornication, if she commits fornication. So he won't be the cause of her fornication. But Jesus also said, Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. There was a man in our church group who was going to divorce his wife. When I heard about it, I called him immediately. I said, was your wife unfaithful to you? Dead silence. And then he said, no. And I said, well, the only 
scriptural way a man can divorce his wife is that if she's committing adultery, fornication. He read Matthew 5, 32, and I assume he believed it because he stopped the divorce proceedings. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.